end of the week is here. Hello, I'm John Rawl, the general of all things Southern, and this is what we call the Y'all Show. Talk with a accent on all things Southern. Got a great way to wrap up the week of y'all. Want you to be part of it. Our website is the homepage of the South. It's Y-A-L-L-Y'all.com. Go there. It's open 24-7 for you to find out what's going on across Dixie. It's Y'all.com. On this Y'all Show, which is a production of Y'all.com. We kind of work in tandem, if you will. And on this Friday edition of Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent, got news and updates from around the Southeast. The latest that we know coming out of South Florida and that awful tragedy of the condo building collapsing. And we'll get the latest in terms of the unfortunate death count there. And that number expected to rise as what nearly 100 people are still unaccounted for and now we're starting to learn about some of the people missing and there's connections to the southeast some prominent connections that we'll tell you all about here as we go through the headlines today also vice president kamala harris will be in el paso her first trip to see the u.s mexico border and we'll give you some details on that her predecessor mike pence in the news we'll let you know about that here in our headlines scanning the southeast on this day also kentucky is allowing college athletes to earn off their likeness a new law signed in by andy Bashir, the governor of the commonwealth of kentucky we'll tell you about that on thursday the last living world war ii medal of honor recipient was in memphis and we'll let you know about that and with patriotism on our mind we'll let you know and we got the fourth of july just days away in bamberg county south carolina they got something scheduled for saturday if you want to wear your red, white, and blue, you might want to show up. We'll tell you about that. The end of the Conan O'Brien show on TBS. I hate that. I hate that because I never really tuned in that often to see it when it broadcast on TBS. But I love to catch the re-airing of the little clips from that show on YouTube. Conan, one of the funniest people I've ever run across. And I haven't run across him yet, but uh, at least I feel like I have. And a lot of us have enjoyed Conan O'Brien through the years. He's got other plans. We'll tell you about that. But his TBS show has come to an end. Also, we'll let you know about something that's coming to a beginning, and that is the New Orleans Jazz Fest, the music lineup announced for that. We'll tell you about that in today's headlines. And also out of the Crescent City, Popeye's is coming through. Popeye's has a brand new I Don't Know meal for all of you who go through the drive-thru and say, I don't know what I want. Well, Popeye's, and I'm guilty of that. Popeye's is going to help me and everybody else out there with the I Don't Know meal. We'll tell you exactly what the heck that is in today's Y'all Show. Also here in this first hour, besides looking at news, we've got the latest in sports, the NBA playoffs continuing Thursday, and the Clippers bounce off the mat. We'll tell you about their win over the Suns. Also, we've got a brand new coach of the LSU baseball team, the latest from Baton Rouge there, a change on a roster move for the Tennessee Volunteer Football Program. And it's not the best of news coming from Rocky Top as a player has been dismissed, a quarterback, after an arrest, a UT football player out of the program in Knoxville. We'll let you know about that. Also this hour, we've got ICYMI in case y'all missed it. And if you were not available and not tuned in like you should have been on Wednesday, you missed a great interview with singer, songwriter, and comedian kelly lang she was on we talked about a lot of great things her move from oklahoma city to hendersonville tennessee as a young lady 
and how she's been a singer-songwriter in Nashville and is just just a, a great Southern lady. She also is married to a pretty good Southern guy, her husband of more than 10 years now, T.G. Shepard. We talked about that. Of course, T.G. Shepard, a great country music singer with many, many hits, Humboldt, Tennessee's own, and Kelly is very, very happy to be married to T.G. Shepard. But today, we're going to have her go back to her Wednesday interview. We're going to pull out the portion where Kelly Lang talks about how she's fought and it looks like won the battle with breast cancer. So she's a breast cancer survivor, and we'll have that here in this first hour. Kelly Lang, in case y'all missed it, I-C-Y-M-I, also this first hour. Kobe Bennett, Bennett has got a southern accent on southern sports to wrap up things here in this first hour. Hour two of today's y'all show is going to be fun. It's going to be fun because we always start off hour two on Fridays with a little David Lee Murphy and the great song he's got, Party Crowd. But we're going to keep the party going because I hate to tell you this, I don't like Father Time moving forward any more than most of you out there. But go look at the calendar right now and tell me what today is. Today is Friday, yes. Today is June 25th. We are halfway through the year, essentially, but we're exactly six months away from Christmas. So with Christmas in June on our mind, I thought, since it's a Friday, June 25th, why don't we get into the Christmas spirit? We all need to have a little bit of holiday in our our highlights of our day. And so we're going to tell you about some Christmas stuff on today's Y'all Show. And in hour three, we're actually going to tell you how you can start your Christmas shopping early, thanks to WikiHow. But in hour two, we're going to kind of kick off the Christmas spirit here in June, and we need a little Christmas spirit. We kind of, in a lot of ways, got robbed because of the pandemic with Christmas 2020. So we're going to have our first of two Christmases here. In fact, there's a little term put out by the Aldi stores. If you've got an Aldi, they may have it. I know they're doing it at their European, and maybe they have a presence in the Asia-Pacific rim but Aldi is having something called Junemus going on today. And so we're going to have our own Junemus celebration. And we're going to play a great country song, a country Christmas song in hour two. And it's a country Christmas song with the title that includes the word y'all. So there's a lot of great Christmas songs we could have certainly chosen to play in June. We thought it would be best to play one that supports the word y'all. So we'll have that thanks to Tracy Bird in our number two plus craig faulkner is going to be back on here and he's going to talk about how y'all because it is june and it's not december 25th it's also not october 25th which means that's a big time for a lot of people to go out hunting deer and craig faulkner and his fishing forecast for the weekend in hour number two will be dropping by and telling us how right now at the end of june we need to be going out if you're a deer hunter and getting your deer stand ready, maybe making some repairs, perhaps realizing, oh my goodness, before it gets to be the fall, I better go out here and purchase me a hot new deer stand and have it ready to go whenever that big bucks, the big bucks of the world appear 
in my gun sight in a couple of months, I want to make sure I don't fall out of a tree. So it is a great time to repair your deer stand. Craig Faulkner is going to be on to talk about that. Plus, we got a full moon going on this uh, period right now. We I think it was technically Thursday night, but we got a full moon. And how does that affect fishing and the outdoors? It affects it in a big way. Craig Faulkner, our fishing buddy, our guy that we can count on when we go to the lake or to the to the ponds of the south or maybe even offshore whenever he wants to get his rod out we want to hear how he's going to hook that big one craig faulkner is going to be on with his fishing forecast and a whole lot more hour number two we also will be looking at movies hitting theaters this weekend some really good ones out there if you want to go see a movie for the first time in quite some time so we have all that planned for you plus an hour three in addition to telling you how you can start your christmas shopping early we'll also tell you about some more of the festivals taking place around the Southland here as we wrap up the month of June this weekend. The the last weekend in the month of June here is upon us. So that is In the Biz, what we call a pretty darn good show, and we're just glad to be here to have it for you. If you want to get involved with this all-Southern show, it's pretty easy. 803-816-1170. That is the way to text us or to call us. On y'all, it is again 803-816-1170. We are the South Show, and we are ready to kick it off here on this Friday edition. Again, as we are telling you, this is a developing story. We first told you on Thursday when it kind of broke that this had happened, but the death toll has already risen to at least four, and about 160 people remain missing after a collapse of a condo building in the Miami-Dade, Florida area. Surfside, Florida is the name of this thing, but the Champlain Towers South collapsed on Thursday, early Thursday, and now rescue officials searching for survivors from this fallen condo building, and a search and rescue mission is definitely underway. The assistant Miami-Dade County Fire Chief is Rade Yadala, And he said rescue operations are continuing. About 130 firefighters are working at the site. Miami-Dade's police director, Freddie Ramirez, saying that they're working with the medical examiner's office to identify the four victims that they have had thus far. But this is a 12-story building that collapsed in the rubble early on Thursday. Much of the Champlain's beach side sheared off for unknown reasons, and it caused what a lot of people are saying a pancaking effect And this building turned into a pile of concrete and metal of more than 30 feet tall of just absolute terrible conditions there in this South Florida community on this condo building that's right there on the Atlantic Ocean. And it's it's just a, a really sad situation as the thoughts of the country are on this. A state senator from Miami Beach told, The Miami Herald that he watched as tactical teams of six worked early on this morning to sift through debris. He said he saw one body taken in a yellow body bag and another that was marked. They were taken to a homicide tent set up along the beach. But unfortunately, it looks like this is not going to be anything like a miracle where we have no more loss of life. It looks like this is going to continue to be a a really horrible story coming out of South Florida with the collapse of this condo building in the Miami-Dade area. Now, we can tell you that there is at least a prominent doctor from Alabama missing in this Florida condo collapse, and the Florida community 
is certainly looking for these guys, but there is a doctor from the Tuscaloosa area, Dr. Gary Cohen, who was visiting his terminally ill father and is now missing after this 12-story building collapsed. Dr. Cohen and his brother, who was an orthopedic surgeon, Brad Cohen, also missing after this building collapsed. I assume it could be Dr. Brad Cohen's condo that his brother Gary had gone in from Tuscaloosa to stay at to visit his ailing father. Now, Brad Cohen was a doctor at the Tuscaloosa VA Medical Center. So we hope all the best as the Cohens and many others can hopefully come out of this alive. But that's one person from Birmingham or the Tuscaloosa, Central Alabama area that is missing in action, and we hope we can recover them and as many people as possible safe. And maybe there's a big giant pocket of air or something in that debris, and there's going to be lots of people. They get those dogs in there, and they can hopefully find them and, and bring them out to safety. We sure hope so. Just a, an unfortunate incident early Thursday. Vice President Kamala Harris is El Paso bound after finally going to the border after weeks and weeks of criticism. And now she's going to the West Texas town of El Paso where she'll tour a Customs and Border Patrol Processing Center. And she'll also hold a conversation with advocates from faith-based organizations as well as shelter and legal service providers. She's also expected to deliver remarks while she's in the El Paso area. But She is going there for her first visit to the border after being asked by President Joe Biden to kind of take over that responsibility after the swearing-in of Harris and Joe Biden in January. The border saw a surge of migrants or evacuees, whatever you term refugees, some may call them, heading to the U.S.-Mexico border. And now Kamala Harris, after it, one point kind of joking that she had not also been to Europe when asked why she hadn't been to the border already. She will be there today to visit the border in El Paso, Texas, which I've seen video before of the El Paso area of the border, and it looks a lot different the way they handle the border in El Paso. Remember, it's a rather large city, and there's a rather large city just across the Rio Grande from El Paso, and people go back and forth the international border between the two every day to go to work. I think there's a lot of Mexicans who come across and work nine to five shifts in America. So I I don't know how that's handled. It seems to not be as big of a problem there of illegal immigration in El Paso as maybe some other, the more rural areas are certainly maybe not as much on the drug side of things and smuggling of that. But Vice President Harris is going to see exactly what's up at least in El Paso, when she is there today. Her predecessor is in the news, Mike Pence, as he's now defending his role in certifying the results of the 2020 election, saying he's proud of what he did back on January 6th, and declaring also that there's almost no idea more un-American than the notion that any one person could choose the American president. Now, the potential 2024 presidential contender, if Pence decides that he wants to run, he was speaking this week and, again, talking about how the election, it sounds to me like in terms of him, it's over with, according to Mike Pence. In remarks at the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library Thursday, he directly addressed those who continue to blame him for Trump's defeat to Joe Biden. Joe Biden winning the Electoral College 306 to 232. And Biden, or rather Pence, Thursday saying, 
Now, there are those in our party who believe that in my position as presiding officer over the joint session that I possess the authority to reject or return electoral votes certified by the states, but the Constitution provides the vice president with no such authority before the joint session of Congress. And he continued, and the truth is there's almost no idea more un-American than the notion that any one person could choose the American president. The presidency belongs to the American people and the American people alone. Pence said he will always be proud that we did our part on that tragic day to reconvene the Congress and fulfill our duty under the Constitution and the laws of the United States. And he did just do that. There was a delay back on January 6th, but ultimately Congress goes in and does their job of certifying the election. And on January 20th, without delay, a guy named Joseph R. Biden sworn in as the 46th president of the United States of America. Speaking of President Biden, he's out saying that the country is more divided now than in any time since the American Civil War. He also said it was initially harder to convince blacks to get vaccinated because, quote, they're used to being experimented on. What? That's what Joe Biden said. Biden Thursday, again, saying the U.S. has not been so divided since the war between the states and you know what guess just who's to blame for that according to joe biden he says it's all donald trump's fault that that's what he said thursday yes that's what he said saying folks it's such a waste of talent it's such a waste of time and the rest of the world is looking at us the rest of the world is wondering can we really lead the world again and then he talked about trump the last four years have been devastating to our leadership around the world according to Joe Biden. Joe Biden urging young people, also thirsty, to get vaccinated, warning of a fast-spreading Delta variant of the coronavirus. As he says, I call for June to be the month of action to get folks vaccinated so we can call, we can all enjoy the 4th of July with our independence from the virus. The White House having that goal of 70% of the country vaccinated by Independence Day, likely going to fall way short of that goal. And a part of that reason why the goal will likely not be met is the lack of vaccinations going on in the black community. And Biden had a a response to that. As it's, according to many, it's been harder to get blacks to get vaccinated because, according to Biden, quote, they're used to being experimented on. He says, it's awful hard as well to get Latinx vaccinated. L-I-T-I-N-X. I've not really seen that word with the X on the end before. Uh, Why? They're worried that they'll be vaccinated and deported, is what Joe Biden said. Again, that's what the president's saying when he's out speaking in public, which he doesn't really do all that often. Kentucky is going to allow college athletes to earn off their likeness. As Governor Andy Beshear signed into law Thursday, an order that allows the state's college athletes, that would be the U of L, the UK Wildcats, Murray State, also great schools like Eastern Kentucky, the Colonels. And this new order includes players on the nationally renowned basketball teams of some of these schools like UK and the Cards. They'll be able to make money through the use of their name, image, or likeness. Governor Bashir said he wielded his executive authority to, as a matter of fairness for college athletes 
adding that for decades companies and institutions have profited off them. The Democratic governor saying to reporters that they deserve to be compensated for their image and likeness. Think about what image and likeness is. It's your name. It's what you look like. It is intrinsically yours. And while I don't think these athletes mind that they also lift up their school, they deserve to be a part of that as well. And I don't know if legally they can go forward because of the NCAA's current rules, but at least Kentucky given the blue light, if you will, to, to go forward, or I better say red light if you're a Cardinal fan, giving uh, the, the go-ahead to, to make money if you're in the Bluegrass State as a college athlete. And lastly, and I'll look at headlines across the southeast, if you go to your big box stores and look at lumber prices, there's actually some positive news. Lumber prices dropping after hitting an all-time high just last month. And experts say the price of lumber could be down 40% next month in July after hitting that all-time high in May. The prices, of course, affecting the cost of building a home. And you're seeing so much construction be delayed because of the exceedingly high prices and lumber just going through the roof again the highest price ever recorded in may i wish i could tell you what that is i don't have that in front of me right now but yes it looks like again the price of lumber could be down 40 percent in july so that's positive news especially if you're one of those folks looking to get something built pretty soon you might not have an excuse anymore of honey it can't be built right now. We just can't afford it because those prices look to be going down, down, down. Get on the building, y'all. We'll take a time out here on the Y'all Show. When we come back, we will be right back with a little bit of news in the world of sports. we got some sports stuff going on, including the NBA playoffs, what happened between the Clippers and the Phoenix Suns on Thursday. We'll give you that information here on Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. And we'll also, before the hour is up, We'll tell you all about our great guest from Wednesday as we had Kelly Lang on here, and we're going to discuss her fight against breast cancer. That right here on Talk with the Southern Accent. So stick around. Again, our website is y'all.com. It is the homepage of the South. Y'all, the show is back after this. finally friday i'm john rawl a little earl thomas Conley getting us ready for the weekend and we got a action-packed weekend in sports we have had some action-packed sports happenings here this week let's take a look at what's going on we'll start off with the nba playoffs on thursday evening it was a return to victory for the los angeles clippers as the clips win 106 92 over the Phoenix suns and they are able to at least get one victory in this series. And now Phoenix enjoying a 2-1 to series lead 
after they still have that extra game advantage over the L.A. franchise. But the Clippers do get it done there. And it looked like, to me, Chris Paul, who was back in the lineup, really struggled in the second half as the Clippers were able to pull away in that second frame. And they get the big victory over the Clippers on Thursday again. The Suns still have that advantage with a two-one, or rather, yeah, two-one series lead. They'll get back together. I think on Sunday is when their next matchup. What's going on on the NBA hard court today? The Hawks and Bucks continuing on with Game Two. Atlanta leads that series 1-0. Five serve for them in Milwaukee is where you'll find that one. That tips off at 8:30 Eastern, 7:30 Atlanta time. Between the Hawks and Bucks again, Atlanta has that 1-0 series lead. And then it's Saturday, actually, the Clippers and Suns return to the hard court. Saturday evening on ESPN from Staples Center, it'll be Game 4 in that NBA Western Conference Finals matchup between the Hawks and the L.A. Clippers. Now to some college football news. The Tennessee Vols have dismissed Caden Salter from the program. He was a quarterback, a freshman quarterback, on the football team and he was dismissed after being arrested last week on charges of simple possession and driving without a license he's a former four-star prospect from the state of texas and was previously suspended from the team back in march after an incident at an on-campus residence hall then was reinstated into the program but josh heupel having to come out and make a big decision and announcing the dismissal of Salter in a statement on Thursday, wishing him and his family all the best in his future endeavors. Now, the Tennessee quarterback room has been in flux since 2020 came to an end as you've had two transfers out of Knoxville. The veteran QB, Jarek Garantano, he's out, as well as J.T. Shrout, also leaving Tennessee. And Tennessee, with the hiring of Josh Heupel in January, added in transfers Joe Milton from Michigan and Hendon Hooker from Virginia Tech. So there are some guys who have had experience at some rather big programs coming in to this SEC East team to try to help out on the quarterback position. But Caden Salter had an opportunity to compete as this freshman quarterback out of Texas was widely heralded when he showed up in Knoxville. But he is out of the Tennessee program, again, dismissed after being arrested last week on charges of simple possession and driving without a license. This news, the latest in so many, it seems to me, and I know this is probably not fair, Vol fans, and it's probably not fair, Dog fans, but it seems to me Tennessee and Georgia have had more problems with players being arrested than just about any other SEC program, but I would even venture to say perhaps college football program, period. I don't know what's going on there in Knox County or in Clark County, Georgia. But, boy, we've had so many of these players from these two programs specifically that have just kind of of acted silly. And as a result, they've been arrested and thrown out of the respective football programs. At least that's what it seems like to me. Now, what about Tennessee's 2021 football schedule? As they have to get that quarterback, whoever's going to be coming in, transferring in and maybe leading this team in the fall, Tennessee starts their season on a Thursday this year as Bowling Green is the opponent at Neyland Stadium. That's going to be September 2nd, and it'll be on the SEC Network if you want to go ahead and set your DVR as the Falcons of Bowling Green and the Mac 
come south for a game. The second game on the schedule I think is very intriguing because it is certainly on the schedule, I would think, because of the late, great Johnny Majors as the Pittsburgh Panthers will be in Knoxville for a high noon September 11th game on ESPN. Of course, we just lost Coach Majors a few months ago, and the Pitt Panthers, of which Majors coached before going to Tennessee, will be coming back. I guess he led Pitt to a national championship. I think he did. If he didn't, it was Jackie Sherrill somewhere in the 70s with great players like Tony Dorsett. But it will be shades of the 70s when it's the Johnny Majors Classic, Tennessee and the Pitt Panthers in Knoxville, September 11th. And then on the 18th of September, a team doesn't have to travel very far. They're coming over from Cookville, the Tennessee Tech Golden Eagles out of the OVC, an FCS versus SEC matchup. That will be the game at Tennessee on September 18th. So you got, if you're a Tennessee Vols fan, Three straight home games to start the season. And two of those seem to be pretty easy games. Bowling Green, Tennessee Tech, Pitt could be a challenge. But Vol fans, as tough as it's been in recent years, you might actually be able to start out 3-0 and fairly easily. So if you're into the Big Orange these days, you got something to look forward to. However, then you hit that SEC schedule. And on September 25th, it is a trip to the swamp, and hated rival Florida is on the docket for September 25th. That's the SEC opener for the Big Orange. Then they're back on the road again the following week. They'll be in Como to take on the Missouri Tigers, a really, really good program that Eli Drinkwitz is building there in Columbia. Then on October 9th, it'll be Coach Shane Beamer making his first trip to Knoxville as a head coach. Coach Beamer, a former Tennessee Vols assistant, will be in Rock, uh, be there at Rocky Top when the Gamecocks and Vols have a matchup October 9th. Then a former Vols coach will be back on Rocky Top on October 16th. Lane Kiffin, you know, the old joke about Fire Lane that you used to hear about in Knoxville. Uh, and, well, Fire Lane is back, and he's coming with his fish in tow as Mississippi, the University of Mississippi Fighting Land Sharks, will be coming to Knoxville and Needland Stadium for a game on October 16th. Then, UT, it's that big game on the schedule, the third Saturday in October, as the Vols will be southward bound to T-Town. And there at Bryant-Denny, it'll be Alabama and Tennessee on October 23rd. November 6th, the old beer barrel battle between Tennessee and Kentucky. And that'll be November 6th in Lexington at the grocery shopping cart, Kroger Field. Then it'll be November 13th. The Vols will be back at home to take on the Georgia Bulldogs. An out-of-conference game against the Van- the South Alabama Jaguars, November 20th. And then UT wraps up the regular season with a home game against their in-state opponent, the Vanderbilt Commodores. That's set for November 27th. So let's, uh, let's let John here, if you don't mind, take a gamble on a maybe my early prediction of the Tennessee Vols 2021 football schedule if you're into the big orange go ahead i'll give you 10 seconds to come up with your own projection of how many wins and losses josh heupel will have there in tennessee in his first season okay go ahead count them up again the opponents bowling green pittsburgh tennessee tech florida missouri south carolina old miss aka mississippi alabama kentucky georgia south alabama and Vandy, Vandy, oh hell yeah. So you've got your count up. All right, 
just keep it there for a second. Here is my count. First game, a victory against Bowling Green. Second game, we'll go ahead and give it to them. 2-0. and Falls with a win over Pittsburgh. Third game, oh, they're going to eke out a win over the Golden Eagles of TTU. 3-0 and Tennessee is. Then they go to Florida. That's a loss. 3-1 and is the record at that point. They turn the calendar into October. They play at Missouri. They're going to lose that one. 3-2. and They've got South Carolina at home October 9th. Mm, we'll, we'll give them that one. 4-2, Tennessee. Ooh, just two games away from going to a bowl. 4-2. Then they've got Mississippi coming in October 16th. I'm going to give them a win on that one. 5-2 and two is the Vols record at this point. Then they've got Alabama. That's a loss. 5-3. and three. they got Kentucky on the road. That's a loss. 5-4. and four. Georgia at home, definitely a loss. 5-5. Five and five. South Alabama, that's going to be closer than you might think, Vol fans. But we'll go ahead and give it to you. 6-5, and five, Tennessee is. And then you got Vanderbilt to wrap up the year. Vanderbilt, sorry, I don't think Vanderbilt's going to win too much this year. Uh, that's going to be a win. 7-5 and five is yours truly's projection of Tennessee football in 2021. What do y'all think of that? Is that too far off? Okay, plus or minus one. I think Tennessee will likely get to at least six and six. Seven and five might be a little bit optimistic, but not a bad start for the way this program's been. I think Tennessee Vol fans will be happy to walk away with a seven and five record regular season in 2021. Let's talk about college baseball. We had a game played Thursday, and the Texas Longhorns survived. 6-2 UT gets the victory over the Virginia Commodore of Virginia the Virginia Cavaliers, I still got Commodore football on my mind for some reason. The Cavs, the Hoos, lose to UT 6-2 to in the game played, game number 10 of the College World Series. The Texas Longhorns survive. The Texas Longhorns advance. What's on the schedule in Omaha today is the College World Series winding down. You got your final four of college baseball. And today, two Eastern, one Central, it is game 11. Vanderbilt, see, I told you I had Vanderbilt on my mind. I got Vanderbilt football. I got Vanderbilt baseball on my mind, and I should be talking about everything else in between. Vandy and NC State are the early game today from the College World Series. NC State with a win either today or on Saturday, if they have to play a game Saturday against Vandy, advances into the College Baseball National Championship Finals. Vanderbilt with a win today and on Saturday, they advance. So all NC State's got to do is win one of these two. Vanderbilt's got to win both. Okay? So that's the scenario with these two, Vandy and the Wolfpack. Then you've got Texas out of the Big 12. They'll be playing this evening against Chris Lamonis and the Fighting Dogs of Octiba Hall County as Mississippi State and Texas get together, 7 Eastern, 6 Central, these games televised on the one at, at nighttime tonight on ESPN. And with a win, Mississippi State advances into the college baseball national championship finals. Texas must win both this evening and Saturday if they want to advance to the finals. So, again, the two teams in the upper hand, the, the driver's seat, NC State and Mississippi State, just one win away from going to play each other in a national championship. But – a lot of people say don't give up on Vanderbilt, don't give up on Texas. So it's great baseball being played in Omaha, and you got your Final Four, 
Mississippi State, Texas, NC State, and the Vanderbilt Commodores. A coaching hire in college baseball to let y'all know about. The LSU Bayou Bengals have hired Jay Johnson, who's been the coach of the Arizona Wildcats. This story being broken on Thursday, according to sources, they've told D1 Baseball that Jay Johnson is LSU's new coach. Now, he has spent the last six seasons in Tucson guiding the Pac-12 program, and during those six seasons with UA, Johnson led the Wildcats to the College World Series on two occasions, and they ended up, they're the ones that played in 2016 against Coastal Carolina and lost to the Chanticleers in a tough loss there in 2016. But Arizona, their program has been a very good college baseball program. And Jay Johnson moving from the Pac-12 to the SEC, taking over for Paul Maneri at LSU, as that's been a program that's been without a coach at least for a few days. And the California native, Jay Johnson, again, he is 44 years old. He played his college baseball as a second baseman at two colleges, starting out at Shasta, and then he played at Point Loma Nazarene College and went on to start being an assistant coach at Point Loma Nazarene, which I assume is in Point Loma, California. Let's see here. I better pull this up. It's in San Diego. Okay, so there you have it. There's not a town that I know of called Point Loma in California. It's the Point Loma Sea Lions, and they're located, again, in San Diego. they got 11 varsity teams there at that college in that beautiful area of California and he stayed in the San Diego area after Point Loma he went on to be an assistant at San Diego not the Aztecs for the Toros the Toros I believe at one time coached by Tony Gwynn after he had left the San Diego Padres and that is a really good school the University of San Diego is the name of the San Diego Toreros Toreros that is where he went to coach and then he left there to go be the head coach at the Wolfpack of Nevada coached there from 2014 to 2015 and then got hired at Arizona in 2016 to be the head coach there and went on again as the coach of Arizona to go to the College World Series his first year, runner-up in 2016, made a regional in 2017. Then this year, Arizona made it back to the College World Series. So he's not won a national championship, but he got really close in 2016. And then his team went 0-2 in the 2021 World Series after getting a super regional win in Tucson against Mississippi to go on to Omaha. But LSU's found their man in Jay Johnson. Not J-E-H Johnson. That's the guy that Obama had in some kind of role in the White House. What was he, the attorney general at some point? No, he was the former Homeland Secretary. Secretary of Homeland Security is Jay Johnson from 2013 to 2017. That's J-E-H. But this guy, the new coach of LSU, is J-A-Y, J. Bradley Johnson, to be specific. And he is the new coach of the Bayou Bengal baseball team in LSU Get ready to have this guy come in. And I don't know if other coaches were given a chance to be the head coach at LSU with this coaching change. A lot of speculation that Mike Bianco at Mississippi was going to go back to his alma mater 
and become the next head coach at LSU. I think he might have turned it down. I don't know exactly what happened there. I was told Mike Bianco, as soon as his team lost to Arizona, took off to the beach and essentially shut his phone down and didn't take calls, didn't do anything. And I don't blame the guy. These coaches are as serious about their schedule and their team as they claim they are. They put so much into it that whenever they say, your season is over, they're so probably broken by it, but they also need that mental escape from baseball and sports in general. That, yeah, if he goes down to the Gulf Coast of Florida and wants to hang out for a week and turn his phone off and only sit there and catch some rays and eat some good Gulf Coast seafood, I can't necessarily fault him for that. But Jay Johnson, new coach of the LSU Tigers. And you know what, LSU fans, we got to go to a break here. But in honor of the Bayou Bengals, and I know this was not the year LSU really had in store for baseball. This is a program that has won so many national championships in the last 25 years and still puts as many fans in Omaha as just about anybody out there. But this was not your year, but you have a new coach. And so in honor of LSU sports, in honor of the Bayou Bengals, it would only be fair that we go to break here with a little LSU music. And we'll do just that. We'll come right back on the Y'all Show. We got I-C-Y-M-I, in case y'all missed it. Kelly Lang was a guest on our show on Wednesday. We're going to have a portion of that interview where Kelly is going to talk about her fight with breast cancer. Kelly Lang, a Nashville-based singer-songwriter and comedian, the wife of country music legend T.G. Shepard, an Oklahoma Music Hall of Fame inductee is Kelly Lang. And we'll have that interview with this great Southern lady. It's up next here on Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. Take it away, band. Tiger band. Golden band from Tigerland. Yeah. And uh, I am so excited to be able to share with everyone a song that I wrote that many years ago, right before I was diagnosed. The song is called I'm Not Going Anywhere. And that was picked up this last year as a national commercial for Ascension Hospitals. And it is really, um, it's been a nice platform for me to be able to go back and talk about my breast cancer surviving so many years with the help of that particular hospital. And you know, the song has resonated in so many ways with people that had to leave their loved ones in the hospital or nursing homes or things like that, giving them comfort. And, and it really it translates to so many different situations. And so many people have said they've used it at a wedding or a funeral even. 
and um, it's kind of encompassed so many different situations. They're comparing it to uh, Debbie Boone's "You Light Up My Life," which how flattering for me, you know, to hear that and have so many wonderful comments that people have written to me saying that that my music has made a big difference in their life. So, having gone through breast cancer, um, it's been it sound sounded like a horrible event at the time which it was I would never want to go back through it again but I promised God that if he would allow me to get through that I would try my hardest to use whatever opportunity I had to be kind of a ray of light for others um, going through that and I'm trying to hold up to my end of the bargain and and do the same for others because I didn't have anyone to really communicate with at 36 I didn't know anybody that was going through that and you know so it's 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 been a pleasure for me to be able to use whatever talents that I have to make a difference in someone's life. Well, please don't take this the wrong way because I don't want that fellow from Humboldt, Tennessee coming after me, but you look fantastic. Oh, thank you. You're so sweet. I've been in the pool today, so I'm just like, <laughs> That might be the secret right there, but yes, you look fantastic. And now... Roughly 15, 16 years past that crisis in your life, and that's what we all hope for. Every time someone is diagnosed with breast cancer, that they get through it as easy as possible, and life goes on. And as your song said, it basically it ain't over. So that's it great. Ain't ever, you know, uh, a slogan that I have accompanied or you know taken into my own life is, um, you know, some people look at a death can I mean, a cancer diagnosis as a death sentence. And mine was pretty rough, I'm not going to lie. But I chose to change my way of thinking as not a death sentence, but it chose to be my life sentence. And um, I've learned to grow, live much bolder and more physically, and my life has just really grown, and, and it's, it's made me a more empathetic person mm-hmm. and understanding person, and I really wouldn't take anything for the lessons that I learned from that experience. How can people find that song from some 15 years ago? Because I've seen it in that commercial. Where where can people listen to it and maybe, like you said, add it to something special going on in their life? Well, um, you can get the album, the physical album of that, uh, on kellylang.net. And I've re-recorded it to the actual commercial version of that um, on an EP. It's called I'm Not Going Anywhere. Mm-hmm. And... On this new EP is is the orchestrated version, a piano version, and also the story behind the song of how I wrote that. And if you wanted a full album that it originally came out on 16 years ago on the website on kellylang.net, you can get it on the album called 1111. Ah. And you'll be able to hear other things that I've written on there, too. And that was Kelly Lang, and that was a portion of our interview with Kelly on Wednesday of this week. You can go back and hear that in its entirety. Kelly Lang, a Nashville-based singer-songwriter and comedian, the wife of country music legend T.G. Shepard, and a classy lady talking about that song that you're hearing, I'm Not Going Anywhere. We'll go to a break. Come right back. Wrap up this hour with a southern accent on sports. This is The Y'all Show. I'm not going anywhere. Southern accent. Here's a Southern sports update from y'all.com. I'm Kobe Bennett. The NBA is considering implementing rule changes that will prevent unnatural shooting motion. 
Players such as James Harden and Trey Young have gained infamy for this practice designed for the shooters to draw easy fouls by jumping into defenders. The irksome strategy began a few years back when many players were injured by the step-under move, where defenders, unable to make contact with shooters, put feet under the offensive player's landing spots, creating rolled ankles and broken dreams. The league then banned most body parts entering the range of the shooter during the shooting process, effectively placing offensive players in a protective bubble. If anyone dared pop the bubble, they would be met with a swift blowing of the whistle. Now, offenders abuse this bubble, using it to jump forward or to the side to earn free, easy fouls. As a result, the NBA is looking into adjusting the rules to prevent further exploitation of this loophole. Sports headlines and more at y'all.com. I'm going to have to write that one down. I think he said something like rolled ankles and broken dreams. That might make for a good country song one of these days. That wraps up our number one of this Friday edition with y'all. This is John Rawl, your Southern moderator. We got two more hours of fun coming your way. Hang on after the timeout. It's going to be hour two. We'll get it going with David Lee Murphy. And then it'll be Christmas time in June. It's June 25th to you. Happy Junemas out there. We got a holiday song just for the South. All that coming up, plus Craig Faulkner dropping by with a fishing forecast in hour two. This is y'all. Merry Christmas. It's Friday! Get your party on! We got a lot to be thankful for. We got just six months to go to Christmas. Here's David Lee Murphy. She couldn't keep from crying When she told me goodbye But I knew the Lord It was breaking her heart That she was breaking mine So for the sake of her feelings And the sake of my pride I told her not to worry about me I'm sitting here soaking up the neon lights Misery looking for some company And tonight I'm looking for a party crowd Slamming them back and laughing out loud With the smoke so thick the blues can't hang around With the jukebox jumping like I just don't care If they're dancing over here or fighting over Looking for a party crowd It'll dawn on me tomorrow Wherever I wake up I'll look back and try to recall Just where the heck's my truck So take my keys and lock them up tight And let the good times flow I worry about tomorrow when it comes to life The night's still young and I'm on the road tonight I'm looking for a party crowd Slamming them back and laughing out loud With the smoke so thick and blues can't hang around With the jukebox jumping like it just don't care If they're dancing over here or fighting over We have made it to Friday. 
We have made it almost through the month of June, and that's right. You look at your calendar today, it's June 25th. We got six months away from old St. Nick coming to your chimney. So let's have a party, y'all. Let's sing along. Looking for a party crowd, slamming them back. And laughing out loud where the smoke's so thick. The blues can't hang around. Oh, I know you're jolly. Let me hear you. Jumping like it just don't care if they're dancing over here or fighting over there. I'm making the rounds looking for a party crown. Mm, mm, mm. I'm looking for a party crown, slamming them back. And laughing out loud where the smoke's so thick The blues can't hang around Get out there, lay by the pool, and turn that radio up Or turn that iPhone up if you're listening to us on podcast form It is a party crowd right here on Talk With A Southern Accent Hello, hello, hour two of the show that covers everything Southern with your host, General John Rawl, CSA, Certified Southern American. And we are having a great certified time here on this Friday end of the week. This is what we call our Friday Free for Y'all, where we mix in all kinds of fun to get the weekend going. Coming up in this hour, we've got in addition to one more song we're going to play in a second. I promise I won't be singing along to the next song. But we got Craig Faulkner dropping by in just a few minutes. He's got his fishing forecast for the weekend. He's actually going to be talking about how you, right now, as we come to the end of June, can be out getting your deer stand ready for the fall. That plus full moon fishing coming up with Craig Faulkner in the next segment. And before the hour's up, we're also going to take a quick look at some of the brand new movies hitting the theaters this weekend. It is today, June 25th. It is exactly six months from now until Christmas Day. We need Christmas. We, as a world, kind of got robbed Christmas of 2020. So therefore, today, we're calling this Junemas. As we're six months away from Christmas, why not celebrate early? Go ahead, get your red and green on, put on your Christmas sweater, I have one of those. I don't mind wearing it. I'm not too cool for that. Go ahead and put on your Christmas sweater, although that would really stand out if it's 100 degrees outside right now. But get in the spirit. Get in the holiday spirit. We need something positive to go on. And it's it's a positive thing to tell you here today that we are six months away from Christmas 2021. Go ahead and get your Christmas list ready. In fact, we're going to keep the Christmas spirit going in hour three today. I'll have how to start your Christmas shopping early, thanks to wikihow.com. That'll be coming to you hour three today. Never too early to Christmas shop. This article will tell you all about it when we get to it, hour three. Right now, we're going to keep the Christmas spirit going in June with a look at Christmas songs. And I've got a very special Christmas song that I'm going to play for you in just a moment. But how about, according to msn.com, they've got a breakdown of of the top 25 Christmas songs of all time. Is your favorite Christmas song on this list? Mine's not. Mine's not, at least, number one. The number one Christmas song, according to MSN, is All I Want for Christmas is You. That written 
by Mariah Carey. That sung by Mariah Carey back in 1994. She co-wrote that with a gentleman named Walter Ifanasif, and it has charted every holiday season since its original release back in 1994. And a celebrity-packed music video of the song was released for its 25th anniversary a few years back. All I want for Christmas, way to go, Mariah Carey. I didn't realize she was a co-writer of that. She's probably made as much money off that song as a songwriter as she's had off of a lot of the other stuff she's done as a performer. And I think Mariah Carey is poised to have a a really big comeback, even though in some ways she's really never gone away. But um, way to go. All I want for Christmas is you. And that is a song that I know has been covered in country music by some kind of act I'd never heard of. That's the only thing they're known for is their remake of that song back in the mid-'90s. It had a, a music video to go along with it. Also, the song Wham! Last Christmas is the name of the song by Wham! written by George Michael, another 80s music star. And it is a number two song on the MSN list of the best Christmas songs ever. Ariana Grande. Now, I can't believe this is <laughs> this list is definitely leaning more toward the more modern stuff. Santa Tell Me, number three on their list. Michael Buble, the Canadian. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. That guy's pretty darn talented. He's at number four. At five, another Canadian. What's up with this? Uh, what's this all about? Justin Bieber and Mistletoe. His version of Mistletoe is checking in at number five. Now we go to a legend. Andy Williams, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year, is at six. How about Little Miss Dynamite, Brenda Lee, Rocking Around the Christmas Tree? That was out in 1958. And that song, and Brenda Lee still rocking away as she's, what, 70, 80 years old? I think she's in her early 80s, I think. Little Miss Dynamite, Brenda Lee, Rocking Around the Christmas Tree, has sold over 25 million copies. And it is a Christmas standard. Another Christmas standard? This one came out in 1967 from Bobby Helms. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. That is a great song, and that is one of the best Christmas songs ever, according to MSN.com. Did they know it's Christmas? It came out in 1984 by a band called Band-Aid. Frank Sinatra's Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow. His release that came out in 46, a number one. One of the best Christmas songs ever. I'll skip through some of the other ones and see if there's one that, well, Nat King Cole comes in at 16 with the Christmas song. That's a a classic there. And Elvis Presley's Blue Christmas, it's number 19 on this list of the top 25 Christmas songs of all time. Mm, Burl Ives, love me some Burl Ives, A Holly Jolly Christmas. It's at 22 on this list. And to round out the Ronette Sleigh Ride, I think it came out in 1949. The Ronettes' Sleigh Ride is the number 25 song on, again, this listing of great Christmas songs throughout history. If you want to see the article again, it is posted at msn.com, and it is essentially a opinion piece written by Randy Doan of the top 25 Christmas songs of all time. Now, the following song is not on the list, and I don't know why. But as I sat here today trying to come up with a good Christmas song to play, not on December 25th, but on June 25th, I had to come up with one that would make sense for this show. 
And the only one I could come up with was with a Christmas song that included the word y'all. And I got just the song. It was put out by country music singer Tracy Bird. Merry Christmas from Texas, y'all, is the name of this song. It came out in 1999. It even got up to number 55 on the charts. It's a great song by T-Bird, Tracy Bird. And if you're not familiar with Tracy Bird, he first stormed on the scene in the early 90s on MCA Records. He's a singer out of Beaumont, Texas, Vider, Texas, to be specific, as he once told me. And Tracy Bird, along with Clay Walker and Mark Chestnut, represented that great trio of talent there from the Beaumont area that were on country music labels in the early 90s and became huge hit makers. Tracy had a number one song in 1993 with Hold in Heaven. And then maybe the most famous song that he did was, let's see, the slow song, The Keeper of the Stars. It went to number two in 1995, but it was not a number one song. I'm a little surprised by that. He also performed Watermelon Crawl, Lifestyles of the Not-So-Rich and Famous. And then I love the song he did out around 2002. It went to number one. And this one's a good song for a Friday. Ten Rounds with Jose Cuervo. The Truth About Men, that's a song he put out that included Montgomery Gentry and Blake Shelton with him. Drinking Bone, another good one. (laughs) He's had some great songs in his career. Tracy Bird of Texas. Tracy Bird, who is now 54 years young. His birthday is not far from Christmas. He was born December 17th. And, again, from Vider, Texas, in the Beaumont, Texas area. And he attended, or he was there in the Beaumont area. He studied at Southwest Texas State, which is now Texas State, which is also the alma mater of one George Strait. And got his signing to Tony Brown's MCA Records back in the 1990s. And one of the good ones in country music, Tracy Bird. And, again, he's had some great ones. The following song. I wouldn't put down as his biggest hit maker, but it's sure good enough for June when we're trying to think about Christmas. And why not having a very Merry Christmas from Texas, y'all? And why not do that thanks to Tracy Bird? Ho, 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 y'all. Here's Tracy Bird. Happy june It's June 25th, y'all. Tis the season for caring and the reason for sharing is a baby that was born upon the stand. With our family and friends, we're together again. Celebrate his birth down Texas way. Merry Christmas from Texas, y'all. Where we hang the mistletoe and deck the old dance hall. May that big long star shine on you from afar. Merry Christmas from Texas, y'all. Well, the kids are up early cause they're in such a hurry to see what is underneath the tree. Later we're saying grace, fixing our place, sitting down to watch the cowboys on TV. Merry Christmas from Texas, y'all Where we hang the mistletoe and deck the old dance hall May that big lone star shine on you from afar Merry Christmas from Texas, y'all 
sunny leaves And the children fall asleep Surrounded by the toys that sent abroad Now that Texas moon is bright Against a silent night Peace on earth and goodwill to all Merry Christmas from Texas, y'all Where we hang the mistletoe And deck the old dance hall May that big lone star shine on you from afar. Merry Christmas from Texas, y'all. From South Padre up to Pampa, El Paso to Texarkana. Merry Christmas from Texas, y'all. I hope that put a little smile on your face. It is exactly six months until Christmas Day and Tracy Bird's Merry Christmas from Texas, y'all. Getting us in the Christmas spirit six months early, but why not? Why not? In fact, speaking of Christmas, hour three, as we continue on with this y'all show, we're going to tell you how you can start your Christmas shopping early thanks to wikihow.com. Oh my goodness. Yeah, why not? It is Christmas time. Eh, sort of. We'll go ahead and get it going early here in the South. We have got fishing time upon us right now and hunting time in the south in fact that goes on year round and craig faulkner is going to be on in the next segment to get you ready for the deer stands of the south and for the fishing holes of the south it is his fishing forecast it is up next on talk with a southern accent y'all Pretty good high on a hill, looking at a field downwind. If I can make a nickel off of turning in bass, never worry about the price of gas. I'll be wheeling and dealing and sitting there reeling them in. Hunting, fishing, loving every day. That's the prayer that a country boy prays. Thank God he made me this way. Hunting, Loving every day, early in the morning, late in the We're back on the Y'all Show Friday edition. It is time for our fishing forecast with our resident fisherman, our resident outdoorsman, our resident astronomer. We're going to talk about that on today's Y'all Show. Craig Faulkner is back in with us to get you ready for the weekend, and we're going to talk about the moon and more. Craig, it's also... About to turn into July, which means we're getting that much closer to deer hunting season. And if you're a deer hunter, there's some things right now you better be doing if you want to have a very successful fall. Uh, I've learned over the years, uh, summertime, heat of the summer, it it may be too hot to fish, but it's not too hot to work outside and go out and check your uh, deer stands. Number one, you got to make sure you can shore them up. I check mine every year. Sometimes I have to make some repairs. Sometimes I don't. But you almost always got to either trim some limbs 
or readjust some ropes. Sometimes you might need to replace some boards. And it can be hot, but you can get out there early. And uh, one thing that I've I've learned over the years, uh, summertime is a good time to do it because if you get in there and bust some deer up or spook some deer, um, they got plenty of time to get over it before the season starts. And uh, like I said, it's just been a become a summertime ritual with me over the uh, decades. Uh, one thing you do need to be prepared for, though, uh, uh, deer flies, horse flies, mosquitoes, uh, uh, ticks, uh, load up heavy on the bug dope before you get out there. Uh, we had a uh, deer fly hatch on our farm about a week ago after we had a few days of rain, and, man, they... <laughs> They attack you. They attack you, and 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 the bites are not fun either. I've never been attacked by a deer fly. Well, our property uh, is adjacent to uh, a, a bottom. It's a middle fork of the Fork Deer River, and we come out of the hills and go all the way down to the bottom. I I, I guess it's got something to do with that swamp down there because uh, they tend to thrive out in that area, hmm. and uh, they'll actually back off here in another. Uh, few weeks but right now they're prime uh they had a big hatch is what they did and the reason also for you to check up on your deer stands prior to deer season is in case you need to make repairs to them because these things can kill you exactly if you're not if you're if they're not up for the weight and things like that yeah that's part of what i was sharing about uh, possible replacing boards uh sometimes straps need to be replaced because they will rot over time uh any ropes or uh bungee cords you may have up uh in your stand uh yeah you need to play it safe because falling 14 feet out of a tree is not a good thing have you done uh, that i have not i i've had close encounters but hmm. i've had deer stands come off of trees this is years ago when i was not so careful and very young and had to uh shimmy down the tree by hand uh more than once and also i used to hunt out of climbing stands and Climbing stands nowadays are a whole lot safer than they were back in the day. There was a company called uh, Baker Tree Stands, and I've still got one, but I wouldn't dare hunt out of it. Hmm. it they, wouldn't, they wouldn't even be legal nowadays. They were so dangerous. There was a lot of accidents uh, came from those Baker Tree Stand days. Hmm. But uh, Sounds exciting. Again, we got just a few months before deer hunting season is often going big time. Do squirrels like to get up in deer stands during the off season? I've had uh, stands before. Squirrels uh, sit in there and uh, eat acorns because you get up to your stand, you got to rake all the acorns out of the uh, okay. platform. Well, they usually like to be around your house. That's why I was wondering something out there in their own habitat if they yeah. if that's too good for them. Yeah, I, I guess it makes a good little perch. <laughs> <laughs> they find their way. The rats of the trees are what squirrels are. Talking with Craig Faulkner here on today's Y'all Show, and we, we set up this interview today as we go outside in the evening hours right now. It's a beautiful sight out there, Craig. We've got a, a full moon here and remnants of a full moon. Three or four days before the full moon and three or four days afterward, uh, fish are going to be active. Count on it. Uh, brim and uh, shellcrackers will go back to their beds again, uh, of course, bass and crappie they already spawned out but uh brim will uh, spawn multiple times uh during the year unlike crappie and bass that just spawn once so uh if you can find a brim bed or shellcracker bed what is a shellcracker a shellcracker 
is also called a red ear sunfish. Shellcracker's uh, actually the nickname for it. Uh, it, it. It looks like a brim, except it's got broader shoulders and a little bit bigger mouth than a brim does. Uh, they actually uh, get a little bit bigger in some cases than brim, and uh, I like them because, like I said, they got broader shoulders. It makes it a lot easier to fillet than a brim. Yeah. A brim's kind of tough to fillet. They got such a narrow backside to them, and uh, of course, you can eat brim whole, fry them whole. I know a lot of people swear by frying them whole with the bone in. Uh, I just you eat the bone. No, no, like cook with the bone. Oh, in. okay. Sorry. You got to pick around the bone. And uh, sorry, I'm an idiot. <laughs> but but the bone does add flavor to them. Okay, it's kind of like a, a lot of people like their steak or the pork chop with cook with the bone in. And uh, I do myself steak and pork chop. I like the bone in, but uh, I don't like picking around those bones when I'm eating fish. Can but, be uh, scary. Can be deadly. Well, you, you got to be careful. I, I've seen people that could bite into a, a a whole brim on a sandwich and eat it with bones and all and spit every one of the bones out. But they've been doing it for years. I, I would never do that. It's amazing how just the little smallest portion of a bone could give you the biggest oh, fits. Sure, sure, sure. So, uh, yeah, I, I've been filleting all my fish for a long, long time now. All right, so the moon definitely has an effect on fishing. Does it also have an effect on, like, when it is deer hunting time? Does that affect deer and i don't see the effect firsthand myself uh like i do with fish but uh it does have an effect on all games movement uh i just don't think the effect is near as profound as it is with fish uh deer are more uh, uh work around certain uh, times of the year than they do what the moon phase is and that certain time of the year that's important is the uh, rut. And uh, the rut uh, is when the does, or even the pre-rut, is uh, the deer start getting excited, uh, the bucks in particular, and, and uh, they'll start spar fighting, and uh, the testosterone gets up this certain time of the year. And uh, that has all to do with moon phases also, but... It has more to do with the time of the year in the moon phase. Uh, you can almost write it down like clockwork, depending on what area of the country you live in. Uh, the ruts vary a lot throughout the South. I mean, uh, in the area that I'm in, uh, you're looking pre-rut about uh, beginning two to two and a half weeks before uh, Thanksgiving. And there's areas, I know in South Alabama, I had a buddy that used to go down there hunting every year, and their rut was uh, in January, hmm. which, you know, a couple months different. So depending on what part of the country you're in or region you're in, uh, the rut can vary quite a bit. But uh, When is Craig Faulkner's rut? Uh, pre-rut, I actually like the pre-rut better than the rut sometimes because uh, on the pre-rut, the bucks are really out searching a, a lot broader territory. Uh, once the does come in heat and they start locking up with does, you can catch them chasing does and, and have good luck. But a lot of times they'll lock up with a doe and uh, they won't be moving. They'll just follow that doe. If that doe's not moving, they're not moving. Whew, that went right over your head. I'll ask when your 
rut is? When, when is your testosterone up? <laughs> I don't go into that. Oh, come on now. On a, on a talking with show. Craig Faulkner here on the Y'all Show, getting him to laugh, talking about ruts and stuff. So what is, right now as we get ready for 4th of July, a lot of people going to be on the water over these next few days. They will. They will. Uh, I don't intend to be one of them myself. Uh, it's too much recreational traffic. Uh, I did go fishing on Memorial Day weekend, and it was crazy. I mean, uh, boats, sea-doos, uh, and it, it was just too much. I, I, I normally don't go on holidays. Like and because that. of the coronavirus, we know how many people went out and bought boats. Uh-huh. So can you compare now versus two years ago with the number of boats? Are, your, are there more boats out there? No, there's more boats on the water, but there's none in the showroom floors. Well, at the I boat knew that, ships. but you can tell a difference about how many boats are out on the water now versus two years ago? Uh, Recreational-wise, I can. Yeah, okay. I certainly can. Uh, uh, I think pretty much the same amount of fishing boats, but the recreational boats have gone just wild, that's for certain. Pontoons, speedboats, ski boats. Uh, jet skis. Jet skis. Uh, jet skis are, are probably more worrisome to me than anything because a lot of times uh, you know you got people out there riding jet skis that don't know any fishing etiquette and uh, making all that racket and all that waves is is not conducive to uh, catching fish sounds like you've had some real problems with jet skis before i have i have in the past like words no, exchanged. No. Oh, yeah, I might have thrown my hands up a time or two even before. <laughs> What's the word? Give me the etiquette on jet skis and fishing. Well, uh, jet ski or fishing uh, has a certain uh, standard of etiquette amongst other boats and other fishermen, and a lot of it is not throwing a big wake on another guy's boat and not coming too close to where someone is fishing. Um, what is that definition? How far are we talking about? Well, it, it would depend on what kind of body or water you were on. Uh, if you were in a, a freshwater a, lake, a, a freshwater England. lake, or a big creek that was probably uh, a quarter of a mile wide, you don't want to come anywhere close to anybody. I mean, you don't have to get on all the way on the far side of the creek, but uh, making as long as you're not making a big wake, especially if somebody's in a smaller boat. And a guy comes by flying in a 200-horsepower big bass rig, making a huge wake. I mean, you can actually sink those little boats out there like that. I mean, that can uh, – but uh, that doesn't happen very often at all. People that – anybody that's been on the water a few times has either been reprimanded or they've picked up on it themselves because it's happened to them. So they're uh, – Generally, fishermen are uh, polite and, and have a good etiquette about them on the water. Do the wildlife officials in the southeast actually have the authority to write a speeding ticket for a boat? It's, it's, it wouldn't be called a speeding ticket. Uh, it would, I'm not sure what the legal term is. Careless yeah, boating? Careless driving, careless boating, just like you can have one uh, mm-hmm. in an automobile. Yeah, you certainly can. You certainly can. And they don't play and, when it comes uh, to the waterways. I, I was... I quoted this uh, TWRA uh, director about the uh, noodling last week. I had also talked to her about uh, boating accidents, and this is going into Memorial Day. The state of Tennessee 
had already had a record number of fatalities by Memorial Day. And that that was, you know. A month ago. With months to go. Yeah. And and she she was also bringing up, talking about all the traffic on the water now. It's it's increased uh, quite a bit. And uh, one way you can get away from that boat traffic is get below a dam. And that's something I was going to bring up. if you have a, a dam anywhere close to you on a river system in your area and you can find out when they're releasing water, uh, what that water release does, it's not only pulling out cooler water, but it's pulling out uh, oxygenated water, ox- uh, water that's full of oxygen. And uh, this time of year, that can be hard to find on just a... Uh, on a lake that doesn't have any water flow coming through it. And you can catch mixed bag, anything, everything. Uh, catfish, stripers, rockfish, smallmouth, largemouth, brim. Uh, they all like that uh, water with high oxygen content in it. And how do you find out when they're going to release? Uh, you can call, uh, whether it's a TVA lake, uh, depending on where you are, or whoever is managing the water system in your area, uh, I would suggest just Googling up whatever. A lot of times it would be power companies and mm-hmm. or TVA, and they all provide a generation schedule. And uh, and you might know some people that go down there. And uh, and you can bank fish those areas. You don't have to have a boat. Uh, a lot of those areas are more accessible by boat, uh, I mean by bank, than by boat. And and a lot of different states have different laws that you can't even get a boat within like uh, three or four hundred yards of the dam because they'll have the area roped off. Now some states don't, but uh, some states it's all bank fishing. Hmm. And uh, get your surf rod out and go out there and give it a <laughs> wing. All right, Craig. Anything else you got here before we let you off to the lake and honey holes of the South? Uh, one thing I want to bring up briefly. Uh, is an article I read uh, recently in a magazine about uh, man-made fish attractors. And uh, state agencies uh, put out a lot of attractors. And this one uh, state agency did a one-year monitoring of the fish or species that were utilizing these man-made fish attractors and what time of year they were actually on it. And they would come in and... uh, electroshock and do a krill samples of the fish on there and it was interesting to me because i crappie fish a lot on uh, state beds and uh, come to find out uh, the crappie are on the beds uh, mainly in uh, late winter early spring and tend to leave them in the summertime and another species i like to go after largemouth bass they were on the beds more in the winter time in fact uh the biggest one they shocked up last year was in six feet of water, and the water was 52 degrees. So that's a pretty cool temperature for a bass to be in six feet of water. But uh, they found out that the uh, uh, early uh, early spring, late winter was uh, the best time to catch bass on beds. Uh, just a little tidbit I wanted to throw in there. And uh, If you're getting out in the woods, uh, don't forget the bug dope. Yeah, that's always important to know. And we want y'all out there in the woods. We want y'all out there getting ready for hunting season in the fall. But if you're out there fishing this weekend, be extra careful. 
And thank you, Craig, for coming on and telling us all about the South's fishing and hunting. Thank you for having me, John. Craig Faulkner, everybody, in our fishing forecast for the weekend. More of the show that covers all things Southern is headed your way after the break. Back into y'all in the second hour of this Friday edition, and we pick back up with the news headlines of the South. Four people confirmed dead, 159 souls still missing in Florida after the condo building collapsed early on Thursday, and a tragic story coming from the Champlain Tower South in Surfside, Florida, as Authorities there in the Miami-Dade area searching frantically for survivors and more. A really unfortunate story here this week out of Florida. Again, the latest count, 159 people still missing as police dogs, search dogs, and other searchers looking desperately to find all of these missing people after this horrible event on Thursday, a 12-story beachfront condo collapsing in Surfside in the section of Miami-Dade County there in Florida. Kamala Harris, she's currently in El Paso, Texas, as she's touring the border area of the South. She's visited a U.S. Customs and Border Protection facility already today while visiting the El Paso area, and she'll be there in her first trip to the border as vice president of the United States, and perhaps even as she was a senator. I don't know if she ever went to the border or not. I really, frankly, don't know. And she was a presidential candidate. I don't know if Kamala Harris went to the border or not. But she's in West Texas today. In Memphis on Thursday, the last remaining World War II Medal of Honor recipient was in the Bluff City. What a hero in 97-year-old Woody Williams as he earned the Medal of Honor during the Battle of Iwo Jima, and President Harry S. Truman pinned the Medal of Honor on him just after he got back stateside from fighting in World War II. On Thursday, the University of Memphis and its president, M. David Rudd, hosted Mr. Williams, where he was able to share exciting stories firsthand from his time in the military as he joined the military When he was 19 years old, he said he wanted to join when he was 17, but his mother would not sign the paperwork. So he went on and joined the Marines, and he served in Guam, and then he served at Iwo Jima. The Thursday event in Memphis was a chance for the veteran to discuss the mission of Herschel Woody Williams and the Herschel Woody Williams Medal of Honor Foundation. Foundation was created to honor Gold Star families across the country who have made the ultimate sacrifice. And again, this man, Woody Williams, a 
Medal of Honor recipient from World War II, the last living Medal of Honor recipient from that horrible conflict of the 1940s at 97 years old, still going strong and here this week in the Memphis area. He grew up, by the way, Woody Williams grew up in Quietdale, West Virginia, and then went on to be a U.S. Marine serving from 1943, then left the left the military, came back, ultimately served until 1969, retired as a chief warrant officer in the U.S. Marines, serving, again, in the battles of Guam and Iwo Jima, where he got the Medal of Honor and a Purple Heart in his post-war years. He's been retired. And let's see here. I think he primarily still lives in West Virginia from what I've been able to gather, but a West Virginian for sure who, again, recognized this week in Memphis, Herschel W. Herschel Woodrow, Woody Williams, U.S. Marine Corps. Semper Fi to you, sir. Thank you for your service. And great to see the University of Memphis recognize him on Thursday. And with the red, white, and blue in mind, if you want to help out those in Bamberg County in South Carolina, they could sure use your help this weekend as Bamberg and the county there hosting a patriotic pickup. This is going to be taking place Saturday, and that'll be happening early on Saturday morning before it gets too darn hot in Bamberg County. But citizens are going to be going around the highways of the county and cleaning up. It's an effort effort to keep SC beautiful. Palmetto Pride is the cleanup of litter effort in South Carolina. And there people will be given bags, gloves, and litter sticks to go clean up Bamberg County before the 4th of July. And similar efforts being taken undertaken throughout the South. By the way, if you ever get to Bamberg County, there's a sign, beautiful, nice sign that greets you there. It says, Welcome to Bamberg County, Simply Southern Naturally. Website, bambergcounty.sc.gov. But I love the sign. Simply Southern Naturally is the motto. Bamberg County is in South Carolina's uh, DMZ, if you will. It's kind of sandwiched in the low country. It's kind of sandwiched in the in the Midlands. It's not far from Orangeburg. It's not far from Aiken, South Carolina. And it was formed in 1897. It's about an hour and 15 minutes from Columbia. It's probably an hour and a half from Charleston. Bamberg County, South Carolina. Now, who are some of the more famous people and famous communities of this county? The county seat is Bamberg. The other city in the town in the in county is Denmark. Bamberg, the city of South Carolina, is home of some famous people, including Nikki Haley, the former governor of South Carolina, the former U.S. ambassador to the United Nations, and also, Bamberg, South Carolina, is the home of Mookie Wilson and his son, Preston Wilson. Mookie, a 1986 world champion player for the New York Mets. And so they've got some pretty good connections there in Bamberg, SC. Denmark, just down the road in the same county, it's the other big town in South Carolina. Denmark's native sons include Bakari Sellers. You probably have seen him on CNN that is his hometown, Denmark, SC. Also, it's the home of PGA Tour golfer Ted Potter Jr., as he resided in Denmark as a young child, Ted Potter Jr. But that's about all the famous folks from 
that county. And again, they're out this weekend cleaning up. And if you're in an area of the South that needs a little cleaning up, this is a good time to, to do it. Let's make sure we all have a beautiful highways and byways come 4th of July. Conan O'Brien has come to an end on TBS. I hate that. The guy was so funny. He's got big plans as in 2022, he's going to have a weekly variety series on HBO Max. And we don't know quite what the format is going to be there. But on Thursday, he ended his late night run after 28 years. I remember in, I guess, 1993 when he took over on NBC for David Letterman. Most people had never heard of Conan O'Brien. And he's got his really smart aleck, self-deprecating humor that's been so funny. And he survived coronavirus as far as being able to still be on the air following the pandemic. He has survived writer strikes. He survived a move from L.A. to New York, or rather from New York to L.A. And he's also survived changing networks. He's gone from being on the big big peacock of NBC to something called TBS. And he's done pretty well. But he's hanging it up now, late night-wise. And we wish him all the best. We know now the lineup for the 2021 Jazz Fest in the Big Easy of New Orleans. As the announcement just came Thursday, more than 50 artists are set to appear October 8th through the 17th at this year's Jazz Fest in New Orleans. And some of the big names that you might recognize come into the Jazz Fest, the Jazz and Heritage Festival in New Orleans this year, presented by Shell. Jimmy Buffett and the Coral Reefer Band will be there. Demi Lovato, the Foo Fighters, Stevie Nicks, the Black Crows, Nora Jones, Elvis Costello and the Imposters. You also have Ziggy Marley, Randy Newman, Irma Thomas, Melissa Etheridge, and a whole bunch more. H-E-R also there, in case I didn't mention them. All part of the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival, October 8th through the 17th in New Orleans if you want to make your plans to get to the Crescent City. And I got one more New Orleans-related story. I'm going to save that one. We've got an opportunity to give you some more headlines in hour number three, and this one's a good one. This one's one i got to have more time to talk about because it's near and dear to me because I'm one of those folks that just can't make up their darn mind when I'm in a fast food line. <laughs> I'll tell you about that, but right now after the break, stay tuned because we're going to come right back and give you a glimpse at the new theaters, at the new movies in theaters this weekend. All that is up next year on Talk with a Southern Accent. Taking a trip out to L.A., tooling along in my Chevrolet, talking on a number and digging on the radio. Just as I crossed the Mississippi line, I heard that highway start to whine, and I knew that left rear tire was about to go. Back into the show all about the South as we conclude the second hour on a Friday. Hey, it is a good time to go to the movie theaters and we got several releases hitting theaters this weekend in case you want to take sweetie out for a good night on the town 
F9 The Fast Saga. It is out. It's an action adventure starring Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez, who is a southern lady, by the way, Jordana Brewster, and others. It is a cipher enlisting the help of Jacob, Dom's younger brother, to take revenge on Dom and his team. The Fast Saga F9 is the series out this weekend. Lansky is a bio that stars Minka Kelly, David James Elliott, and others. It's a biography, crime, drama, thriller out in theaters. Lansky here this weekend. How about this one from a guy that I love most of his action-adventure movies, Liam Neeson and The Ice Road. After a remote diamond mine collapses in far northern Canada, a big rig ice road driver must lead an impossible rescue mission over a frozen ocean to save the trapped miners. This is rated PG-13. It also stars Lawrence Fishburne and Marcus Thomas. The Ice Road with Liam Neeson in the lead role. It's in theaters this weekend. That's a quick look at some of the new movies available for you if you want to get out on the town this weekend. We've got one more hour left on this Friday spectacular of Talk with a Southern Accent. Hang on. We've got an update on Southern sports. Also, we'll tell you how you can start your Christmas shopping early and more headlines, including what to do when you don't know what to do in the drive-thru. That and also a look at some of the great festivals in the South going on this weekend. This is the show that's all about the South. This is y'all. He let out a yell that would curl your hair, but before he could move, I grabbed me a chair and said, watch him, folks, because he's a thoroughly dangerous man. Serving you up another hour of Talk About the South. This is the third of three hours here on this Friday edition, and I am John Rawl. This is the Y'all Show, and we have good, good stuff coming your way. Here this hour, we've got an update on sports, including a look at the leaderboard of both the LPGA's major that's going on right now, the LPGA PGA Championship taking place in the Atlanta area at Johns Creek. We'll give you the latest on that. Plus, the Travelers taking place on the PGA Tour this weekend from up in Connecticut. Dustin Johnson, the defending champ, will give you all the info on the PGA Tour here in our Sports Blast. A departure in the Tennessee Vols football program will let you know who that is. Plus, the NBA playoffs continuing. And the Clippers bounce back and get a win in their series with the Phoenix Suns. All that in just a second as we have sports info from around the Southland to get to. Also this hour, if you look at the calendar today, we are exactly six months away from Christmas coming. And it's coming this year, whether you want it to come or not. And it's going to be, hopefully this year, a much bigger deal. And it won't be a pandemic, or we won't be right in the middle of a darn pandemic like we were in 2020 when the 2021 edition of Christmas comes our way. And it is exactly six months away from Christmas, so why not talk about how you can start your Christmas shopping early, and we've got an article that will help you do just that. That is coming your way, some helpful stuff from the good folks here at y'all.com and wikihow.com as well. And we also have a look at headlines, the latest from that apartment building, condo building collapse down in South Florida. And before the hour is up, a look at various festivals taking place this weekend that we want to share with you before we 
get out of here. If you want to connect to us here at the Gall Show, we welcome that. Our number is 803-816-1170. Our website, the homepage of the South is y'all.com. Go to our website, and that is y-a-l-l.com. Y'all.com, the South's homepage. Check it out. You'll like it. Let's get into some sports news to start this hour. College baseball's World Series taking place. And on Thursday, the Virginia Cavaliers were eliminated by the Texas Longhorns. So Texas moves on. The Horns will be playing Mississippi State in a game this evening, televised at 7 Eastern, 6 o'clock Omaha time between the Horns and the SEC's MSU Bulldogs. This will be televised on the ESPN. Before that one, you got Vanderbilt and NC State on ESPN2 in Game 11 of the College Baseball World Series. The Wolfpack, with a win, will advance to the College Baseball National Championship Finals. A win by Mississippi State this evening. And Chris Lamonis' ball club will advance to the College Baseball National Championship Finals. However, wins by Vanderbilt or by Texas will force a game to be played on Saturday between these teams that are playing today. And so if you're NC State, you got to just win one of two. Same goes for MSU. If you're Vandy or Texas, you got to win both. But if you win both, you get to move on to the College Baseball National Championship Finals. But we've got the Final Four set of College Baseball right now. Vandy, oh hell yeah, NC State, go Pack. UT, Hook'em Horns, and Hell State, Maroon, White, Fight, 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 Mississippi State, woo dang right. Those are your final four of college baseball. If you like that sport, this is a great, great weekend for you. An update from Baton Rouge. It looks like LSU's found their man as Paul Maneri has stepped aside as LSU's head baseball coach. And it looks like, according to reports, Jay Johnson, who's been the head coach at Arizona for several years. He is moving from the Pac-12 to the SEC to become the new Bayou Bengal baseball skipper. The 44-year-old heads to Baton Rouge after being the Arizona baseball coach since 2016. And with the Cats, he led them to the College World Series in his very first year. They were actually runners-up of the 2016 College World Series. That was the year the Chanticleers out of the Big South Conference in Coastal Carolina University, Conway, South Carolina. The Teal Birds got the victory over the Desert Cats, and that was the start of this coach, Jay Johnson's career in Arizona. He went on to have a season the following year, 2017, where they made a regional did not do anything regional-wise in 2018 or 2019. Bounce back 2021. Remember, 2020 got canceled. So this year, the most current year, of course, that the Cats have been able to get out and play a full year, and they made it to the College World Series. Arizona was able to get past their regional. They had Mike Bianco and the Mississippi Land Sharks in Tucson for the Super Regional, and Arizona won Game 3 of that one in, in convincing form. And the Cactus Cats now losing their head coach as he's taken off for Baton Rouge and Alex Box Stadium. Jay Johnson, a California native, now finds himself leading this baseball dynasty in LSU. A dynasty, frankly, let's be honest, they've not won anything lately from a college baseball national championship perspective. It's been 
12 years since LSU hoisted a trophy. That was Palmineri's first season, maybe, at LSU. And so LSU has won the national championship a total of six times, starting in 91, then 93, 96, 97, 2000, 2009. But LSU fans want to have another title back in Baton Rouge, and that's why they're going to Jay Johnson to figure out what's going on with this program a program that's desperately searching for its seventh college baseball national championship. Keeping it in college sports here, the Tennessee Vols have dismissed quarterback Caden Salter after he was arrested last week on charges of simple possession and driving without a license. The former four-star prospect from Texas was a freshman and was previously suspended from the team back in March after an incident at an on-campus residence hall he was later reinstated to the program. The Tennessee football program announcing Salter's dismissal in a statement on Thursday, wishing him and his family, quote, all the best in his future endeavors. In his departure, another void in Tennessee's football quarterback room, as right now you have had, besides him being dismissed, J.T. Shrout leaving the program and veteran QB Jarrett Garantano the signal caller of at least the last three years for Tennessee, those guys all moving on to other programs. So who do you have coming in for Josh Heupel as a possibility at quarterback? Well, Tennessee's got some inbound players. They've added Joe Milton from Michigan as a transfer and also Hendon Hooker from Virginia Tech, also on Rocky Top to be Tennessee's quarterback, potentially starting quarterback, when the Vols and Bowling Green launched the 2021 season on Thursday, September 2nd at Neyland Stadium. But a departure with the Tennessee football program with that freshman being essentially kicked off the team. To the NBA on Thursday, you had a victory by the L.A. Clippers as the Clips bounce back from being down 2-0, and they get the 106-92 victory at home over the Phoenix Suns in that series now Phoenix a 2-1 lead in that one. As despite having Chris Paul back in the lineup for Phoenix, the Clippers pulled away in the second half and they got the convincing big win there of 8. What is that? uh, 8 plus 6 is 14 points is how they ended up having the scoreboard show a victory for the hometown Clippers Thursday. On the NBA hard court this evening, you got the Bucks hosting Game 2 against the Atlantic Hawks from Fiserv Forum. This game set for an 8.30 Eastern tip-off on TNT. The Hawks with a 1-0 series lead in that one. And then over the weekend, it's the Suns and Clippers with the Game 4 matchup between these two at Staples Center in L.A. And perhaps the Clippers will be able to knot this thing up at two apiece or Phoenix will have a lot of momentum if they can emerge victorious and have a 3-1 series lead and just get that much closer to getting this franchise in an NBA Finals. The Bucks and Hawks set to play their first game at State Farm Arena. That's going to be Sunday evening at 8.30 Atlanta time for the third game of that series on Sunday. But they first have to play again in Milwaukee this evening, an 8.30 Eastern, 7.30 tip on TNT between these two NBA franchises. Now to golf, and the PGA Tour is in Connecticut this weekend. It's the Travelers Championship defending champion Dustin Johnson is part of the field and a purse 
valued at right at seven and a half million dollars. And a guy that played really well last week in the U.S. Open, but kind of fell apart on the Sunday round, Russell Henley, the former UGA golfer. He's up there pretty well this week as well. Another former UGA golfer. Actually, you got a couple of UGA, UGA doing well in Connecticut. Uh, Russell Henley, he shot six under, and he has kind of risen to near the top of the leaderboard in Connecticut. Kevin Kisner, former Georgia Bulldog golfer, he also with a six under score. Bubba Watson, he is a Georgia Bulldog alum. And he also has had a six under. Then you get to Brooks Kepka, a Florida State alum. He's got that six under too. But mostly American golfers atop this thing as they're, again, playing this weekend in Connecticut. Kramer Hickok has had the low score thus far in this tournament as he tees off here today with a seven under in his first round. A very, very good performance by this guy here that I'm not all that familiar with Kramer Hickok. Let me brag about Kramer as I pull up his bio because I don't like to get stumped on golfers, and that's hard to do since there's so many guys playing out on the PGA Tour. He's a native of Austin, played at Texas. He turned pro 2016. He's had one win on the Corn Ferry Tour, so he's one of these guys that kind of is lucky to even have a chance to play on the PGA Tour. And he's making the most of it if Kramer Hickok can somehow come out. He is a 29-year-old golfer, so he is not right out of college. He's been working at this for a while, and he's been one of the best scorers at this tournament in Connecticut this weekend. The LPGA finds themselves in Johns Creek, Georgia. That is in the north end of Fulton County in Atlanta this weekend. It's the KPMG Women's PGA Championship from the Atlanta Golf Club the country club of atlanta it's the old bobby jones golf course that they kind of moved out of east lake up into john's creek and after they've had their first round they're already up and going here with a second round but some of the names that have popped up here that have had great performances at this lpga championship going on the pga championship on the lpga tour this weekend as you've had american jessica corda now she won just the other day on the lpga tour She's doing really good, a lot better than her sister, Nellie. She's there, American Yelimi No. She had, I think, a third place, or she was kind of in third position after the first round with a three-under that she shot on Thursday. And also American Danielle Kang doing quite well in the LPGA PGA Championship. And then one more name, uh, Nellie Corda, Corda, rather, she did shoot under par. She was two under in her first round on Thursday. But if you get a chance, tune in and see some good golf played, including by Allie Ewing. She's really on the rise. A native of Fulton, Mississippi, and a Mississippi State University alumni, Allie Ewing. And she shot even par in her first round. But a lot of golf there to be played north of downtown Atlanta at the KPMG Women's PGA Championship, one of the five majors on the LPGA Tour, and it's underway in the Peach State this weekend. And that is a blast at Southern Sports here to get this third hour of y'all underway. Up next, we're going to tell you about how you can start your Christmas shopping early. It is June 25th. We're halfway through the Christmas year. we got six months to go until old St. Nick drops by. 
and we'll get you in the Christmas spirit with this helpful article courtesy of wikihow.com. That is up next. Merry Christmas from the South. We have not lost our minds. It is exactly six months away from Christmas. Hello. Welcome back into Talk About the South. I'm John Rawl. This is the Y'all Show. Our number is 803-816-1170. Text or call us anytime and go ahead and wish us an early Merry Christmas if you don't mind. Yeah, we're six months away from Christmas and Bobby Helms is getting us in the Christmas spirit with that one. But also, we want to help you out here. And thanks to wikihow.com. An article out called How to Start Your Christmas Shopping Early. Are you an overachiever? Well, you've got the perfect opportunity six months away from Christmas to go ahead and knock it all out. How would you like to have your Christmas shopping done before the 4th of July? We'll tell you how you can do that. Just listen up. Listen up, y'all. First, you got to shop, right? That's one thing you got to do. And you got to know who you're buying gifts for. Some people only shop for close family and friends and other people put together Christmas presents for maybe you're one of these, one of those who buys presents for coworkers, the mailman, the dog walker, the hairdresser, or more decide on what you're comfortable with of knowing who you are buying gifts for. So go ahead, come up with that list. Santa makes his list out. You need to have a, your list of who you're going to actually buy gifts for. If you want to get your Christmas shopping done early, kind of important also, according to wikihow.com, to set a budget. Everything comes down to money and love. But you got to have money or you might not have love. <laughs> you got to set a budget as Christmas presents are something that normally don't come cheap. So you better find some extra money laying around if you want to make sure you've got enough to keep all your other bills paid. You can start by saving a small amount every month. And here, we're giving you a six-month warning today. If you want to go out and get your Christmas shopping early, go ahead and make that more of a three-month warning to save a little. Save a little each month. And therefore, you'll have a general idea of how much you'll spend on each person on your shopping list. For instance, well, likely you'd be spending more on your immediate family than a coworker. I would think so. So set a budget. It's not hard. Not hard to do. Number three, if you want to, again, start your Christmas shopping earlier than you normally would, decide on what sort of gift matches each person on your list is getting. What do they like? Do they like movies or books or darn video games? 
you need to have a rough idea of what present what presents would likely please the people on your list. You got six months here to do it. So take the time in the dog days of summer, put your stocking cap on, your Christmas stocking cap, put on your pajamas, your green and red pajamas, pajamas, and put your brain to work and brainstorm all of the great things that you could possibly get for the people on your Christmas list and really make it heartfelt, make it something that is a a thing that shows them how much time you put in to coming up with a Christmas gift for them. Because, as I said, it comes down to money and love, and this is an example here with a little bit of money. You can show someone how much you love them because you took the time to get them a really extra special, meaningful Christmas gift in 2021. Another example of how you can start your Christmas shopping early is start as early as the day following Christmas Day. So we're already six months behind if you are one of these people who did not follow that rule. So essentially when December 26th arrives, Boxing Day to our Canadian friends, this article says go ahead and start the following day for shopping for the following year. So there's no point in buying early if you're going to buy for full price. A lot of times on the day after Christmas, shoppers can get really good discounts and bargains. So check out sales throughout the year, such as at the end of summer. So we might still be a few weeks away for some retailers, the big box stores maybe, having good sales toward September 1st maybe, late August. Heck, some of them might be going on right now. But if you aren't in that kind of mindset if you were ahead of the game remember the after christmas sales you can go and pick up things like wrapping paper big time discounted then and other gifts available really really cheap at least compared to what they would be right in the height of people like me the procrastinators of the world out trying to get a christmas bargain when it's the day before christmas shame on me Shame on all of you who are those last-minute Christmas shoppers. You need to have a shopping plan, according to the wikihow.com article, when you're trying to start your Christmas shopping early. You maybe are not the type of person who likes shopping, or you don't have time to browse for Christmas presents all year long. But put aside one period of time, like a weekend or a special shopping trip, to have a shopping plan. That is one thing a lot of communities around the South have their holiday markets and oftentimes those are in October, sometimes November. And I think they're a really good thing. I've never been to one. I've only heard about them. But I've heard that those are really good things for you to kind of walk around, see all these vendors with items for sale as part of a holiday market. And it might be that seeing that kind of unusual item on display that you make the connection. That would be a wonderful gift for Uncle John or Brother John, or Sister John, <laughs> or or whoever you are trying to get something for. And, and so the neat thing about the holiday markets is it cuts out all the stuff that you might find in a gigantic retailer that has nothing to do with a Christmas gift. I don't think too many people give Christmas gifts of more than 70% of the stuff available at a store like Walmart. I don't really need a big box of detergent 
for Christmas. I don't need a big case of hamburger meat at Christmas like they might have at a Sam's Club. But I will take whatever they got at these holiday markets. So I don't know who came up with that idea, but that's a really good idea. Keep track of your presents. You might need to know where they are or who you got them for. Have a designated area for the presents, such as a tote, a section of a closet, or up in an attic. And be sure that the present won't be ruined by the changes in temperature, humidity, bowl, or mold, or rats getting into them, or more. Yeah, write the name of the designated gift receiver on a removable sticker or piece of tape. That way you'll remember who you bought it for. And if you change your mind, it's easy to redesignate. So cross their name off the list as soon as possible to avoid forgetting that you had already bought them something. Very good idea. And the last thing, you don't want to be caught on Christmas morning when you're giving presents to your friends and family is you give somebody the wrong present. And part of the reason you did it or you received or gave the wrong present is it was indicated that's who it was for that person or maybe even for you. And if you're a guy, you might get a nice training bra when it was actually supposed to be given to your female acquaintance or or something like that. Um, Or they might get something that only a guy would appreciate. Remember to hide gifts. That's a very important thing when you're starting your Christmas shopping earlier. That's the number eight thing here on this WikiHow article. If you're going to go out and be an overachiever and get presents months in advance, you better hide them. Hiding is the hardest part of buying a gift early, but it's very easy to avoid the possibility of someone catching you. If you live with maybe a person that's going to receive some of these gifts, hide it in your craft cupboard. Hide it in your craft cupboard maybe a toy box somewhere that they're not likely to find it some people even leave it inside backpacks or other opaque bags i and i don't have anything extremely valuable hidden here that's why i don't mind telling you this on the y'all show but sometimes i hang things that i don't necessarily want somebody else discovering i hang them amidst clothes in my closet so i'll take a clothes hanger and I'll put like a bag that's got a string and drape it around the clothes hanger, dangle it from the clothes hanger that's then sandwiched between all the clothes that I hardly ever wear. And so I know it's there. It's off the ground even. But it's likely not going to get discovered. And right now the only thing I've got like that is I think I've got some stuff I take when I go traveling. I've got a bag already packed of stuff ready to go like extra toothbrushes and extra underoos things like that but actually it just hit me that would be a good place to hide your gifts if you've got a big enough closet where you can do that and not get caught also you can take this time well before christmas to go shopping for food and drinks know that your christmas meal what that's going to be at least a month in advance and You can go at least one month, but maybe even further out, like six months in advance as we're talking today, and start getting your food prepared for Christmas. Coming up with a plan there. So there's lots and lots and lots and lots of stuff you can do to to get ready for Christmas. We're six months away from that magical holiday, and we're taking this opportunity on June 25th 
and there's at least one international retailer, Aldi, at least in stores in Europe today, they're making a big deal out of what they call Junemas, celebrating Christmas. Their reason for that is the whole world's kind of been screwed over for the last 15, 16 months, and that included really putting a a damper on Christmas 2020. A lot of people not able to get together like they normally would. So to make up for it, Aldi and Yaldi, this show right here, we are getting Christmas started early. and We're putting you in the Christmas spirit, and that's what we're going to do. And thanks to this article at wikihowl.com, it's helping us start our Christmas shopping early. And when we do that, it won't be all that long before we'll hear songs like Jingle Bell Rock being played all Christmas season long. When we come back on the Y'all Show, we will continue the fun. We're going to tell you about some developing news, the latest from South Florida and that deadly condo crash, all that. Plus, before the hour's up, I look at festivals going on across the Southland this weekend. This is John Rawl, and this is the Y'all Show. Merry Christmas, everybody! Ho, ho, ho! If I had two dozen roses and an old bottle of wine, if I really could have hung the moon, would it change your mind? If I could cry a little harder and get a little less sleep at night, if I had two Got a few minutes left here as we wrap up a week of y'all. Thank you there, fellows from Muscle Shoals, Shenandoah. And let's get back into some of the headlines of the South as we wrap up this Friday, y'all. And right now, the death toll, and it's expected to climb, sadly, in Florida after that condo collapsed. Death toll now at four. 159 people are still missing after this Oceanside condominium building collapsed. On Thursday morning, and it collapsed into a smoldering pile of rubble. And now searchers using machines and other devices looking for any survivors. And it's just tragic scene in South Florida, Miami-Dade County, the community of Surfside is where this happened. Our thoughts certainly to everybody down in Florida and families throughout really just the whole country and world with so many people involved here. A tragedy unfolding. Again, 159 people are still missing at this awful scene in South Florida at this condominium building. 
the Champlain Towers South, collapsing a 12-story building Thursday. Other stories, we have an update from a story in Spain, of all things, a story that has a connection to the South. The founder of the McAfee computer antivirus, the antivirus software company, the magnet of that, John McAfee, died in a Spanish prison this week, and authorities there calling his death a suicide. The 75-year-old software magnet lived at one time in Lexington, Tennessee, in West Tennessee, and he's had multiple run-ins with the law and was actually awaiting extradition after being charged with tax evasion in this country in 2020 and now found dead in what the authorities call a suicide. Now, his widow is saying that John McAfee was not suicidal, and she's blaming American authorities for this tragedy after he was found dead in his prison cell near Barcelona on Wednesday. Speaking to authorities and to reporters outside the prison today, Janice McAfee demanded a thorough investigation, saying she wanted answers of how this was able to happen in Spain. Again, software developer, the antivirus McAfee. Many of you may have had it on your PCs at one point. And the magnet behind it, 75-year-old John McAfee found dead in his cell in Spain and a one-time resident of West Tennessee making headlines with his passing this week. Now to a story that if you're like me, you spend more than your fair share of time in a drive through at a fast food restaurant. That's the way it works in today's world. We have to go get something for the kids, maybe for a coworker. If you don't want the Uber Eats of the world and DoorDashes of the world, if you don't want to wait on them, you can make the choice to go wait yourself in a drive through line somewhere near you. And if you're like yours truly, sometimes you just kind of freak out and you don't know what to get. Well, for those people like me, Popeye's, the New Orleans-based great fried chicken place, they are now offering what they call the I Don't Know Meal for the undecided diner. And I bet they get tired of people who take the effort not only to go to the drive through but likely they've had to sit there and wait for a couple of minutes before they get their time at bat. And they absolutely strike out when they said, can I have your order, please? And you say, hmm, I don't know what I want. Well, Popeye's has this new menu item called the I Don't, meal, I don't Know Meal for people like me who are complete idiots and freak out in a line. Popeye's has called this the perfect meal when your partner doesn't know what to eat. Well, I'm sorry. A lot of times I'm the person that doesn't know what to eat, and I'm in their drive through line. I'm taking up precious time. When you pull up to the drive through window and ask your companion, what do you want? Usually an answer is, I don't know. And you respond with, okay, great. I'll get you that then. That's what Popeye says. The IDK meal is a new popular menu item at Popeye's. What is the I don't know meal? Good on Popeye's. I'm sure they put a lot of effort and thought into this. The I don't know meal at Popeye's is a chicken sandwich. And you get a bonus premium lemonade for free 
when you order online or through their app. You can get the I Don't Know meal for only $3.99 at participating Popeye's locations or through the company's reward program. The Popeye's Chicken Sandwich kicked off the Chicken Sandwich War in August of 2019. Y'all remember that? That was a lot of fun prior to coronavirus coming around, the Chicken Sandwich Wars. And that Popeye's Chicken Sandwich, when it debuted at the end of the summer of 2019, sold out two weeks after its debut and did not come back on the menu until November of that year. And since that time in November of 2019, the Popeye's Chicken Sandwich competition in the fast food industry has really heated up. Burger King's gotten into the act. McDonald's has rolled out several fried chicken sandwiches. And there's a little company called Chick-fil-A that likely is laughing all the way to the bank because they claim to be the godfathers of chicken sandwiches. And I think a lot of cases I would agree with that. And I know Chick-fil-A is not exactly hurting for money these days. The pandemic has really helped them, in my opinion. It's really helped a lot of fast food places. But one crisis that still goes on at fast food restaurants, no matter what the name on the sign says outside, is you still got people like me who take all that time to wait in line for minutes and minutes and minutes, and then you finally get to the microphone, and it's, go ahead with your order, please. And I freak out, and I don't know what to get. And Popeye's is hearing my cry. And they're answering with, you know what, John and all you other people who are just indecisive, we're going to come up with the I don't know meal with a delicious Popeye's chicken sandwich and some lemonade too. That would make me happy. I thought they would at least throw in a cookie or something like that because that would be just icing on the cake, even though it would be a cookie (laughs) at Popeye's. Good on them. Pretty creative in their effort to help out those who just don't know what they want. Well, I know what I do know, and I do know that we're running out of time on this Friday edition. So hang on, and when we come back, I don't have a Popeye's chicken sandwich awaiting for you, but I do have a listing of some great festivals taking place around the Southland this weekend, and that will close out our y'all show for this Friday. That's up next.
If you only want to be in the south this weekend, we've got some fantastic locations across Dixie for you to go check out festivals galore. It is our final segment here as we're getting you ready for the weekend of Talk With a Southern Accent. Let's head on over to Manassas, home of the Battle of Bull Run. This weekend, it won't be any kind of Civil War battle going on in Manassas, Virginia. At Liberia House Historic Site this weekend, it's the Manassas Bee Festival. Get your buzz on at Manassas, Virginia with the Manassas Bee Festival, part of our Festive South this weekend. In Elgin, Texas this weekend, it is Western Day at Memorial Park there. If you want to head to the great Lone Star State and enjoy some good times, you can have your kind of feast on western lore and life with the great western day taking place this weekend in elgin texas also this weekend you've got in anderson south carolina the south carolina sunflower festival seems like the sunflower festival and that bee festival all to get together and boy there'll be bees aplenty if those two ever decided to play ball together in Indian Trail, North Carolina this weekend, it's Slay the Day Fest taking place both today and Saturday. This is on Brief Road in Indian Trail. Slay the Day Fest, part of the Festive South Fun going on this very weekend. That in Indian Trail, North Carolina. In St. Genevieve, Missouri, that's right on the Mississippi River, halfway between Cape Girardeau and St. Louis. It's the Honey Festival in Market at the St. Genevieve Welcome Center. That's at 66 South Main Street in St. Genevieve, great little French town. Again, just off of the Mississippi River near the boot hill of Mizzou, the Honey Festival and Market going on this weekend in Missouri. Show me St. Genevieve, Missouri, and you'll be shown a good time if you make your way there this weekend cambridge maryland this weekend it's the chesapeake maritime heritage festival that takes place at the ruark boatworks in cambridge maryland that's on hayward street when you make your way to that beautiful little area the chesapeake maritime heritage festival going on this weekend baton rouge this weekend it's the baton rouge soul food festival at riverfront plaza lots of good food a little bit of music too if you want to go to the state capital of the Pelican State, you'll be showing a great time this weekend. Florala, Alabama, right on the Alabama-Florida line, thus the name Florala. Florala this weekend's got the 24th of June Arts and Crafts Fair, and that takes place at the Florala State Park. That is an Alabama State Park on Lakeshore Drive, and that's Saturday, the 24th of June Arts and Crafts Fair this year, 24th of June, sadly, is not going to be Saturday. Saturday's going to be the 26th of June. I guess they had to push it, change the name or something. But that's happening this weekend. Now, on that other side of that state line from Florida, you do have the great state of Florida. And there in the Panhandle this weekend in Chipley, it's the Panhandle Watermelon Festival 2021 at the Washington County Youth Fair on Jackson Avenue in Chipley. This takes place both today and Saturday. Get watermelons get there to chipley and get yourself into a great mindset because it's going to be a fun time watermelons in the florida panhandle in waterford mississippi that is just off of mississippi highway 7 
between Oxford and Holly Springs. And there in Waterford this weekend, right beside Betty Davis, you got the North Mississippi Hill Country Picnic, the Burnsides, almost all of the living Burnside members. That's a family of blues musicians right there from Marshall County, Mississippi. They and others will be joining them for the North Mississippi Hill Country Picnic. And that's taking place this weekend in Waterford, right beside the Tallahatchie River. In Moorhead, Kentucky, it won't be blues on display. It will be bluegrass. It's Rudy Fest Bluegrass Festival 2021. That's at the Poppy Mountain Music Festival, and that's on Poppy Road in Moorhead, Kentucky. That's going on this weekend. Again, the Rudy Fest Bluegrass Festival taking place this weekend in Moorhead, Kentucky, home of Moorhead State University this weekend, home of some great bluegrass there in the bluegrass state now right on the north carolina border in north georgia is a town called young harris and this weekend young harris right by hiawassee in that area of georgia has the made in georgia festival taking place at the lake chatoog chamber of commerce that's on jack dayton circle and young harris ga home of made in georgia festival and that y'all is going down this weekend in the North Georgia mountains. Been there several times. It is a beautiful, beautiful area of the Peach State. In Eureka Springs, Arkansas this weekend, it is the Fat Tire Festival MTB Race and Tour. That's in Eureka Springs, Arkansas at the Lake Leatherwood City Park. That's going on this weekend as part of our Festive South highlight of what all the South is offering this weekend. Anstead, West Virginia this weekend. It's the second annual tractor show. Yeehaw! Y'all want a good tractor show? Go to Anstead, West Virginia. In Franklin, Tennessee this weekend, it's the Blackberry Jam Music Festival. Don't know if Hootie and the Blowfish are going to be there, but go to Boyd Mill Farm in Franklin, Williamson County, and check out this year's Blackberry Jam Music Festival in Franklin, Tennessee, one of the South's great cities. And lastly, Norman, Oklahoma, the home of OU. This weekend, it's the Beats and Bites Festival going on there at Riverwood Casino, and it has plenty of food, and as it says in its name, got plenty of good music on display at Riverwood Casino at the home of the University of Oklahoma, Norman. It's the Beats and Bites Festival this very weekend. Y'all, we have come to the end of another incredible week of talking all things Southern I'm John Rawl. I just want to thank you for the privilege of being here in the host chair and being your great Southern servant. Why don't you say we get back together on Monday and put together a whole new set of y'all shows for next week, Monday through Friday. We'll be right here to tell you about what's going on throughout Dixie, and it's going to be just awesome. Have yourself a wonderful last full weekend in the month of June. We've got a big holiday coming up next weekend. So enjoy this. And it has been so much fun. Be safe. Again, our thoughts to South Florida with the condo collapse there. We hope the best from that situation. A very awful situation. Our prayers go to there and to the families and to those who've lost their lives there. Thank you again. This has been Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent, our website, y'all.com, if you'd like to get the podcast of the show that's all about the South. Have a great weekend, y'all.